This episode of the Fun V Tailgate Podcast on the Bullpen Cart Podcast feed is brought to you by our friends at Schneckbook. What's going on, guys? Jordy Cannell here getting ready for another episode of the podcast. It is Lehigh Lafayette week. The 155th matchup of college football's most played game is this weekend. Maddie D and I break down our alma mater versus the dreaded rival, as well as everything college football. We actually recorded this episode on Tuesday afternoon before the newest college football playoff rankings came out, so we try to speculate what the rankings are going to look like, and we were pretty much right because nothing too much has changed aside from Penn State and Oklahoma, each moving up a spot. Let me talk about all of that, how the Big 12 might be in trouble, what the Pac-12 can do to make it, how the SEC and ACC shake out, even the Big 10, and how that could end up being a complete bombshell, but it was a ton of fun to record. Cannot wait to hear what you guys think. We also talked about week 12 in the NFL. We did not have a guest picker, so we went a little old school. Just me versus Maddie D this week. It should be a lot of fun. I think you guys are going to really enjoy our picks. We also talk Eagles, the fallout of the Patriots loss going into this game against the Seahawks, and everything in between, but make sure that you guys follow us. Thunder BLG on Twitter, Thunderblog Sports on Instagram and Facebook. Matt and I are going to be up at Lehigh this weekend for the game. Make sure to follow that because it's going to be a lot of fun. Pretty debaucherous. Matt and I trying to get after being college kids again is going to be a complete degeneracy show. But enjoy this week's episode, guys. It was a ton of fun to record. And here we go. Welcome to this week's episode of the Fun V Tailgate Podcast, presented by Thunderblogsports.com, a part of the Bullpen Card Podcast feed. I, of course, am Jordy Cannell, the G-Man. Joining me in a bit of an old-school episode, and we'll get into why that is in a minute, is my man, the myth, the legend, the king of natural light, Mr. Matt Stefano. How are you, my friend? I love the Daddy Light reference. That's oh, fantastic. Yeah. Well, That's fantastic. <laughs> well, I'm so, good, you know. I'm yeah, good. <laughs> that's good to hear. It'd be better and, if something, if if we had done a little better this past weekend, one team in particular, I'd be doing much better. Yeah, we uh, it was the double whammy. None of us did very well on picks, and the Eagles lost. Obviously, we'll get into that mm-hmm. game. We're getting everything. We're getting to college. So a bit old school. Matt and I both are as Thanksgiving is rapidly approaching, and that it is Lehigh Laugh Week. Hence, Matt being called the King of Natural Light. As you'll see on the Thunderblog Instagram this weekend, Thunderblog Sports on Insta. Our time is is getting crunched, Matt, because we're ta- we're both taking Friday off. We're going up to Lehigh Friday morning. I'm going to Shrek the musical tonight. We're recording this at 4:30 on a Tuesday afternoon, and then I have to work to do afterwards. So that's that's always fun. Yeah, come home from the musical and get actual work work done. Um, but then we're both busy tomorrow. I'm going to the Sixers. You have stuff to do with your family. Thursday, we both have shit, shit going on, getting ready for Lehigh. So, we're doing an old school show. Doing it early, getting this all in. Sadly, the college football playoff rankings haven't come out. That doesn't mean that there weren't games. and That doesn't mean there's not a new AP poll for you and I to break down. So, Matt, where do you want to start? Do you want to start with Minnesota? Do you want to start it over in the Big 12? What do you want to start with? Well, let's let's start with Minnesota. I think it's a great spot to start. Um I don't know. Did we, I don't think any of us brought up that game. Did we? And we picked that game last week. Uh, no, no one did. I picked Penn State, did. and that didn't cover. Right. Melanie had right. We I, assigned Melanie Ohio State minus fifty-two, which th- did not hit either. Right. 
Yeah, I mean, look, it's a it's a classic trap game for a good football team, right? You go when you have this huge emotional win at home against Penn State. You immediately go on the road to Iowa, which is such a difficult place to play. They're a good team. They're ranked. And they put up somewhat of a clunker. QB got injured. You know, but you kind of saw it coming, I think, in this case. Um, and it doesn't kill their playoff hopes, but it puts them on life support because they, you know, now they're going to have to win the Big Ten championship, which they probably had to do anyway. And clearly, you know, will they be able to get up for an Ohio State? Like, I'm not sure. Um, so it's it's... I'm not surprised, I guess, um, by Minnesota's loss. Yeah, it's one of those things. Iowa was favored. They were favored by four, and I actually I threw a little bit of money on it, so I got a little win there. They got a late win. Minnesota made a push. And you're right. It was kind of a weird game, that classic Big Ten West showdown of kind of weird scoring, defense all over the place. And it, it, I don't know, it, it's, I wasn't totally shocked to see it. I was a little bummed. I, w- I would have gladly had been wrong on my gamble there. Uh, not that I'm going to complain with money, but um, it would have been fun to see what, what would happen with Minis- if Minnesota was 10-0 and coming into this week. Because I think that puts a very interesting light onto where the, the rankings had been. Obviously, Minnesota had been up there, but they didn't want them jumping the Pac-12 teams. They didn't want them jumping Oklahoma or Alabama or Georgia, those other those other one loss teams um, or maybe Georgia was behind them before they, before they beat Auburn, but it, it now puts the big 10 in a weird spot. I was thinking about this earlier today that the big 10 West has its classic bomb moment of a bunch of different teams end up starting to beat each other up. And now whoever makes the big 10 championship and whether that's Minnesota coming out of their next two wins and that, that would also assume they beat Wisconsin. That's the best case scenario because it's a one loss. It's then two loss runner up for Ohio State or even Penn State because we'll get to that game soon enough to then have to show the committee, especially if Penn State then defeats Minnesota, you know, we overcame our one loss and, and did this. Um, but I don't know. It, it, it I feel like it hurts the Big Ten a little bit because now – Minnesota faces faces Northwestern this weekend, which you'd assume would be a win, although it's at Northwestern. It's always kind of a wacky game. 11 o'clock in Chicago. And then they face Wisconsin, which is a rivalry. Granted, it's at Minnesota. We saw what they did to Penn State at home, rowing the boats and everything, so that, you know, hopefully that boat was well for them. But, again, it's a rivalry game, and, and that could cause some chaos. Right. No, I, I mean, I do think, it, you know, it doesn't hurt. The, I, mean, I guess the only thing I will say is, you could argue the beast. The rankings haven't come out yet for the college football playoff. Yeah, I've heard a number of people say that if Ohio State beats Penn State as expected, they will jump LSU again. Interesting. Which I disagree with. I disagree with that as well. I've heard that. Yep. Um. So, yeah. I mean, that would be that would be probably the. Uh, I still think it's Ohio State. I mean, they're they're the team that's going to make the playoff here. Um. Yes, could Penn State theoretically sneak in? I mean, sure. If Minnesota, here's the thing: if Minnesota, I think this is why it hurts really hurts Minnesota. If they go, get to the Big Ten championship game and they beat Ohio State or Penn State, would a one-loss Minnesota get in over a one-loss Oregon or Utah Pac-12 champion? 
See, that's what I'm not sure about, and that's, that's yeah, part of why I'm I think sure that. I'm not sure they do either, right? I mean, that... they would have some quality wins. I mean, if they beat Penn State and Ohio State, they might have to be in. I'm, I mean, those are like great wins, even with the loss to Iowa, especially because Iowa's looking now somewhat better than, obviously better than Utah's loss, um, and they're a better opponent maybe than Auburn at this point. We're yep. not sure with Auburn being 7-3 and three and possibly – a fourth loss upcoming in the Iron Bowl, although we'll talk about Alabama shortly. Yep. So I do think, though, to your point, it, may, it means that the Big 10 isn't a lock no matter what happens in the championship game. Yeah. Before it, I think they they were a lock. It's interesting you bring up Auburn because there's also Texas A&M, which will affect other teams that are close to this poll that are currently 3-4 and four in Clemson and Georgia. But um, – Texas A&M plays Georgia this weekend, and if depending on where their record goes, that also hurts teams that are up at the top. This is that weird point of the season, and then Texas A&M also closes the season out at, versus LSU. So it's this weird point of the season where now those teams that you played early, you kind of need them to do well, to especially now that that the fourth spot seems to be a little more open than we once thought it was. Uh, you know. Assuming that it's if the AP poll holds, which I'm not sure if it would, I'd like it to, but I'm not sure. LSU, LSU or Georgia, one of those teams is getting knocked off. I don't know. I would think if LSU's undefeated and then loses, they would get in. Although I don't, I, that doesn't sit well with me. Of a you basically said right. the SEC championship didn't mean anything to LSU, but it's also the the reverse of the Alabama idol gets in. Um, I don't like either. I know that there's some of that team might have been the right team. To, you know, they're still one of the best four, but we've gone over that a billion times. But now that fourth spot, assume, presumably, Oklahoma State, assuming they they run out and they actually have, I think if if they do play Baylor again, which we'll talk about in a minute, they I think they would need more of a dominant win to really assert themselves in there. I think there's a reason why Oregon and Utah are still ahead of Oklahoma in the AP poll and I would assume would be as well in the college football playoff poll. Um, but I think whoever wins that, assuming they both make it in, into the into the Pac-12 championship unscathed, they're both 11-1 and one, and one team ends up being 12-1. Right. and one. I don't think it's, it's a crazy thought that depending on how everything goes or if somehow Clemson ends up losing to, to South Carolina in a couple weeks, that that winner's in there. I don't think that's anywhere far out of the realm of possibility that I once thought it was earlier in this season. Yeah. I mean, here's the other thing I would state. Um, LSU, to me, let's say LSU loses to Georgia, right? Mm-hmm. We're assuming everything else holds steady. So you got Ohio State, Clemson, and Georgia. They're locked into the playoff. I do think LSU will make it as the fourth seed over yeah. every team except Oregon. I'm but I still even think over Oregon, they're going to put LSU in. Unless Georgia blows them out, I just – I feel like they're just going to do that. They, because I do – to be honest, if you're trying to pick the best four teams in the nation, it's hard LSU is one of the best four teams in the nation. Especially like, with Joe just, Burrow being the front right, runner for the Heisman at this point. Right. You go into Alabama, you beat Alabama. They beat Florida. They beat Texas. They've got a ton – they've got so many quality wins – they beat Auburn. They got so many quality wins on the schedule. They're gonna and they, you know, even with a close loss to a great Georgia team, because Georgia, other than that hiccup, is a really good football team. I, I find that I feel like they're in over Oregon, Utah, Oklahoma. You know, a surprise win by Minnesota doesn't doesn't do it to me. Baylor wouldn't do it. So, 
I, I find it hard at this point for LSU, other than being blown out, not making it to the college football playoff. Uh, I would tell you, I think they're almost a, ver- a mortal lock. Yeah, loss. I, I think so only, too. Only the loss to to uh, Georgia, you know. So, but that's that's kind of where I was feeling it. No, 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 I agree. I think if LSU does somehow slip up, they play. Um, they play Arkansas this weekend, which you'd think that's a mortal lock. Arkansas is a complete mess this year. Um, and then they play Texas A&M. They play them at home. I think that's actually a pivotal show-me game because it Clemson only beat them by two touchdowns as a home, as a home team to them. I mentioned A&M ha- plays Georgia this weekend. I think they're going to be fi- I think Georgia's fine in that game. But it does make comparisons of what Clemson did versus that team. And ultimately, depending on how badly these two SEC teams do beat up A&M, that could also reflect badly on Clemson, which I want to pose this to you. Do you think, A, do you think Georgia is the fourth team when the when the poll comes out tonight and will have already been out to our to our audience? And B, do you think they deserve to be higher than Clemson either right now or if they beat up a&M worse than Clemson did next week. Yeah. So here's what I'll say. Um, I think Clemson is still being utterly hampered by the UNC game. Mm-hmm. They have proceeded to obliterate everybody they've played. They are actually probably the most underrated, undefeated team out of the three. No one's talking about Clemson, and it's because of their level of competition. But we are talking Boston College, 59-7. to Wofford, who I know stinks, fifty-nine to fourteen. NC State, fifty-five to ten. Wake Forest, who was ranked, by the way, before this week, fifty-two to three, and they've only got South Carolina left in two weeks. Um, so they don't have anybody this week. They're off. This is their bye. To me, they're worthy now over Georgia. Um, obviously, they're going to have a common opponent anyway here. You know, with with South, South Carolina. Carolina, they're going there. So. Um. Yeah, I I know I I do think that they are ranked properly in the third spot. Georgia is ranked properly in the fourth spot. I do. I really do. Do you um, think I'm though very comfortable with that that if Georgia blows out A and M that they might at least temporarily for a week because then on that note of Clemson, assuming they beat South Carolina, they beat the team Georgia loses to. So in two weeks, this might be a moot point. But come next week, do you think it's possible? If Georgia blows out A and M, that they go, all right, we're going to give this dog its day and try to hype up towards the final week of the season. Yeah, I mean, I understand the hype side of it. Uh, to be upfront, no, I really, honestly, don't think yeah, keep there's it. a chance. I really think Clemson is locked in at three, barring an upset, obviously, but one and two. But no, I think they're definitely the third team. They deserve to be there. I wouldn't change it, no matter what Georgia does this weekend. No, I like it. Wouldn't change my mind. I like it. I. I do think there's something of that there could be some sort of statement to the ACC of saying, "Hey, you know what? Like maybe we do, you know, maybe we say this." Cuz I think like the one thing about them blowing out Wake Forest last week is that Wake Forest was supposed to be this team, at least it looked like for a while, that could maybe put up some points on them and then they don't end up doing that. They don't end up and this is a testament to their defense, which I think is the most underrated aspect of their game. And a lot of that is credit to Trevor Lawrence if anything. Right, right. But I think it's a huge credit to their defense that they haven't let up more than 14 points since that UNC win. And 
I don't know. I, I think there's some sort of statement they might try to make in switching them in, in in a week, and then they go out, blow the doors off of South Carolina at South Carolina. Then they say when all is said and done, because you got to remember too, LSU plays Georgia. Whoever wins that game is probably going to be put ahead of you know ahead of Clemson, whether it's LSU stays there or Georgia hops them, and you put LSU three put Georgia two however you want to do it because you don't want to or LSU four and Clemson three um but you don't want to you don't want to end up having the if you do the two SEC championship teams you don't want to have a rematch which that's where that's the one the one problem with the four is that you then have to if you come out of championship Saturday assuming both teams of any championship it could have been Minnesota with one law Minnesota being undefeated if they hadn't lost this past weekend and Ohio State with one loss and thinking We've thought all year that Ohio State was this team of destiny, and now we're going to put them in. But you know, yeah. I, that, that sorry, that was a little tangent there. But yeah. I don't know. It's it's going to be very interesting to see how this all goes out. It's probably really funny for our listeners hearing us try to theorize where it's all at because you, the listener, obviously know where all these teams are ranked. But I think it's going to be very intriguing to see what happens with the Big Twelve in the last two weeks of the season because of that wild game where it looked like. Baylor was making a statement to college football, and then the wheels came off. Well, Baylor wins. Baylor makes the statement, right? They if they ended up doing what they should have done and blowing out, you know, you know, Oklahoma, they're in the top ten. They're in the playoff discussion. They've answered the critics. They're 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 right where they should be, um, with another opportunity because they now play Texas. You know, this coming week, mm-hmm. so they're locked in. I mean, you think, well, they beat Texas. They've got the quality wins. They're undefeated. They're the fourth team yep. uh, in the in the triumphant if all things are said and done. Plus, they probably get a shot at another quality team in the Big 12 championship game. Instead, Oklahoma shocks and just roars back in one of the great comeback victories in college football history. And it makes you perk up and say, hmm, Oklahoma, interesting. Can they kind of get back in this discussion somehow, uh, you know, being on the outside looking in? And now they're sitting firmly behind the two Pac-12 schools saying, we, can, we have the opportunity for a quality win in the championship game. That's really interesting to me. Mm-hmm. They have a tough stretch, TCU and at Oklahoma State. I counted them out to an extent, but now I can't help but keep looking and say, well, maybe they – do they have a chance to leapfrog somebody and find their way in the playoff again? Um, it's now back in the possibility after that comeback. I think what's really interesting and I think what also helps Oklahoma is that Baylor-Texas game this weekend because Baylor basically has to win and get into that Big 12 championship as a one-loss team. and. Yep. That helps Oklahoma a ton. If Baylor loses, Baylor somehow then loses to Kansas in the final week of the season, and Oklahoma State upsets Oklahoma. For one, the Big 12's chances are done, but then Baylor's out of the Big 12 championship. Um, But all that being said, I think that's the best-case scenario. I think if they lose to Texas, a team that's struggled, a team that's sitting right now at 6-4, I think that really does hurt – that would hurt Oklahoma ultimately in the long run. 
Although you can make the opposite argument, too, that Oklahoma really took care of business against Texas a couple weeks ago, but only won by a touchdown. I think it's a little bit of a, of a misleading one-touchdown win, uh, if I'm remembering that game correctly. Um, mm-hmm. You are. So, I don't know. It, it, this game is, I think, another pivotal for Oklahoma more so than either of those two teams because I think that there's something to be said of the, the committee's you only you beat the only team you lost to if Oklahoma, if Baylor comes back and then beats Oklahoma in the Big 12 championship they just might be trying to pull themselves up too much in a day from championship Saturday to selection Sunday um, but I think on the reverse side Baylor comes in they're 11 and 1 Oklahoma's also 11 and 1 including a good Oklahoma State win in the final week Bedlam at right. Oklahoma State in Stillwater that could be, I mean, that's really their, their one of their better shots because if you look at it on, for one, you basically need Auburn to beat Alabama to really help you out there in the Iron Bowl, which then helps, it also helps the Pac-12. So it's kind of, you're really getting that interweb stuck in there. And again, college football teams, do this. Schedule, schedule great games in the first couple weeks of the season because regardless of how it goes, goes it comes back around. And it makes the conversation a little easier of trying to compare apples to apples. And the more we have, the more data we get, and so on and so forth. But it's really going to be a very interesting set of scenarios. If Alabama loses, Georgia loses in the SEC championship game, then Oregon wins and Oklahoma win, and they're 12-1 and teams sitting there thinking, where are we going to go here? How are we? Who are we going to pick? That's a really good conversation. Obviously, there's a further chaos scenario where Penn State beats Ohio State and runs away with the Big Ten championship over Minnesota again. A beating the team we just the beating the team we lost to. That's a full chaos scenario that really makes that fourth com- that fourth spot conversation incredibly intriguing. Although you probably need Michigan to beat Ohio State to really have have a serious opportunity for Penn State, but there's a background possibility that that this all could happen. Of course there is. And look, there's already been a number of upsets, you know, in college football this year, but there's also probably one more. Like, just statistically, there's one more. I don't know where it's going to be. I don't know if it's going to be the very top, somewhere in the middle. It's going to pull a team out and put a team up. You know, something's going to happen, though. There's still some really great games. I mean, heck, Alabama-Auburn is now a big deal because of Tua's injury. Auburn has a shot. They they put up a fight this past weekend, Um, you know, I don't want to harp too long on this. It's obviously a devastating injury for Tua. He's a great player. Looks like he's got a decent prognosis. Hard to watch. That being said, is there also going to be a little biased? Let's say Alabama is in the running for that fourth spot. Does Tua's injury, even if they blow out the competition, or even if they struggle the next few weeks, does Tua's injury put a stain on them? And the committee says, eh, you know what, actually, we were going to pick Alabama, but we're going to go with an Oregon. Because of because of the two, and they'll never say it, but it'll be interesting to see if Alabama is in that position and how their rankings change with the injury to Tua. Yeah, that's um, actually a really good point. Um, I do think that there's something to be said of that because, yeah, I mean, there, there's a possibility that they say we want to put in Oregon with you know a big name quarterback that that could be drafted in Alabama. Now maybe we don't have the story. Maybe they do the opposite too of. You overcame this this injury and all this different stuff, and you know the story is great and Saban and blah 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 blah. So it's there's a couple different ways that they could try to to get through this, but that's a that's yeah, an I mean, interesting. Look, they're question. not going to be bad. I mean they're they're not going to be bad. 
And look, I mean, they go in there and they thump Auburn without Tua. But again, it's not sexy to have a non-Tua-led Auburn team, uh, Alabama team oh, yeah. right now. You know, just the way college football is. Um, so we'll see. I do want to touch quickly on a mid, couple mid-majors in the rankings. Yes, yes. We still have Cincinnati leading the pack. Their only loss, albeit via blowout, was to Ohio State. They appear in the driver's seat right now for that New Year's six-day bid. Memphis, Boise State, SMU, Appalachian State, all one, all one loss, you know, uh, mid-major teams, if you will, non, non-power five teams that have a shot. Navy's um, hanging by in the there, way, even though they, even though they lost to Notre Dame this past week. Yeah, it's a pretty rough loss. I will say this: Cincy and and Memphis play each other in the last game of the season. That'll tell you a lot. So one of those teams will fall. One of those teams will rise. Watch out for Boise State, though. They're right there on the cusp. Um, they play a good Utah State team this week. I'm sure they're kicking themselves for the three-point loss to BYU, mm-hmm. um, but they're definitely in the running to jump up there too. Um, if they the if they don't lose, chance. or if Memphis doesn't lose a couple weeks ago, or SMU, excuse me, SMU doesn't lose a couple weeks ago to Memphis, do you think one of them is sniffing the top ten, or are they like in that TCU stuck in like twelve to fourteen range? Yeah, I would say um, if either SMU or Memphis in particular hadn't lost, that they'd be up near that Minnesota-Michigan area kind of flirting with that. I do. I really think they would. They both look really good. Memphis has been a powerful program for the last five years. I mean, um, they're really good. Um, They're they're coming on. We've always known Cincinnati was a solid program. So, yeah, I absolutely do think if any of these teams were undefeated – uh, they'd be up near that top ten. I don't think any of them have an avenue to the playoff. No, I that don't is think the one so thing I would say. I mean, if you theoretically, well, Memphis is undefeated. They don't lose to Temple, by the way. Great win by our Alex. Yes. Oh um, yeah. The problem being is they're not going to get in undefeated over a power, a one-loss power five. Yeah, there's, there's too many like, one-loss teams. For right. Undefeated. Oregon, Oklahoma, jump them. Could they get in over a one-loss Penn State? Maybe Alabama. I still don't think so. I still think they get an at large, but it would have been an interesting conversation to have. What's interesting about the about the American teams because this is the the leftover of the Big East, right? So this would have been this would have been a BCS conference before obviously everything changed. That we now have we have three teams that are nine and one: Cincinnati, Memphis, and SMU. Temple, UCF, and Navy all have seven wins. Obviously, Navy will only have played eleven games by the time the the everything's all picked because Army Navy is after the after Selection Sunday, but they're starting to put together a solid conference that has teams floating around in, in the standings. I don't know if that's a long term effect of can it really make some sort of you know really make waves? Not to be punny because because both Tulsa and Tulane are in this conference. Or no, Tulane's just the wave. Tulsa's something else. Um, but I don't know. It, it's something worth noting. I know UConn's leaving, right, to go to the Big East for basketball, and I don't know what they're what they're doing for football. I kind of forget what how that's happening because Americans said no, you can't. If you're leaving, you're out for everything. But UConn stinks at football anyway. So I don't know. It, it, this is something that that might be interesting to watch if you're you know a big you're a big proponent for mid majors getting their shot. This is something that I think as the years go on, because really. We started to see it more and more over the last couple of years. Navy's been a lot better. They they had a couple down years where Army started to really take over the Army Navy rivalry, 
But Cincinnati all of a sudden is back to that that you know they're probably going to get a tenth win. UCF isn't very good. USF isn't very good, so they'll probably win there. UCF is still hanging around. Temple looking good. We talked about this weekend with Baylor with Matt Rule stayed. I don't know. It's it's something worth noting. It's definitely a good final thought to wrap up college with. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That that does bring us to our picks. Oh yeah. In this case, um, we we'll, we'll start in college. I'm assuming. Is that yeah? We can do our college. We, we can do college pick. I always like kicking it off with a little bit of the uh, amateur situation. Um, do who? How are we doing? You want me to jump in here first? Yeah, you start it? off. I have to pull up my pick. Mm-hmm. I need to get a line for it. That's all right. That's okay. I mean, I have. Do you need? You know what? I'll I'll kick it off. Yeah, you kick it off. I'm uh, I'm so, loading it up. Ton of good games. I tend to shy away from the biggest matchup of the week. That would be Ohio State. Are you are you going Ohio State Penn State? I'm not. Okay, good, good, good. We'll 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 just we don't need to discuss. We talked about that enough. Uh, I mean, I think the key of that game is. For Ohio State, it's to just take care of business like you have been. Penn State's quarterbacks really struggled. You're getting Chase Young back. I think that that might just wrap it up. But who knows? Penn State could could find themselves during this yeah, off week. Eighteen, and all that stuff. Yeah, eighteen point favorites. Ohio State is. Yep. So you can see what kind of an upset it would have to be for like, really t- anything anything to go on there. So I'm gonna I'm gonna jump into a different game. We had actually just discussed this match these two teams to an extent that is your seven and three temple owls heading to cincinnati to play in the nine and one bearcats Cincinnati's a ten and a half point favorite i'm taking the owls to cover in this game Ooh. i don't know if they have enough to win i really like cincinnati but it's a tough rivalry matchup if you will being in the same conference um and temple plays everybody tough um i really like what i've seen from them this year so I'm taking the Owls to keep that game really tight um, and and go from there, you know. Um, so let's go Owls, and I like them to, like I said, like them to cover. After a small hiccup uh, from SMU and UCF, they've kind of gotten back on the wagon. So I love covering it. there and looking good going into the last week of the year. I love it. I love it. Matt, it shouldn't be a shock to you what my pick is. Mention at the top of the show. It's Lehigh Lafayette <laughs> week. Home game, Mountain Hawks riding a three-game skid. I almost said all by one possession, but they lost to Bucknell twenty to ten. Lost to Holy Cross at home. They had an opportunity to take it out, and the clock just ran out. Lost to Bucknell on the road. Tough opponent. Bucknell's a tough place to play. And you know our our offense has struggled throughout the year. Lost to Sacred Heart. Similar story. They lost by seven points. Our defense, Matt, outstanding. The most points they've let up this year is to Fordham. Way back in the season, it was a big upset, 30-27. to 27. Huge for the Mountain Hawks to get this done. Let's talk about the Leopards, the Leopards, the Pards, as they call them. Lafayette comes into the season 3-8, and eight, but a better, but now a similar record to Lehigh in the Patriot League. The Mountain Hawks have the opportunity, Matt, to have a share of the Patriot League championship if they win. I do not have a line. I couldn't find it. I'm sure it'll be on the sports book. I've started using that recently came to Pennsylvania. If you want me to say your name and you're a representative of that company, DM me so you can sponsor us because that would be awesome. But a little more on the Leopards. Their offense, also not good. Lehigh's put up 105 points for Lafayette's put up 92. 
Our defense actually has started in conference play letting up more points. At 109 to Lafayette's 101. That all being said, Lehigh's defense has allowed a lot less points overall on this year. And we've played tougher opponents. we played Villanova. It's been an interesting year for the Mountain Hawks. Hoping to finish the season as close to 500 as they can at 5-6. and six. Lafayette, their only three wins have come in Patriot League play. In order for a, for a share of the Patriot League title, Matt, they do need Holy Cross to lose the team that Lehigh lost to, so they would not make the playoffs. Holy Cross hosts host Georgetown this weekend. Obviously a very strong offense um, in that revenge game after he took Tom Gilmore from them, our new head coach. But Matt, I don't care what the line is. I'll take it money line. If they're favored, I'll just take however many points. I think they're going to cover. I think our defense shuts them down. Lehigh, lock it in to your temple. All homers, all the time. Gotta love it. <laughs> I mean, I'll be excited. You know, it's the best game of the year for us. Um, I love the insight, too. So um, I look forward to a little more insight from you at the game itself. Yeah, um, but... I need to do my research on the players again. I It's tough because, you know, obviously I don't read a ton of articles aside from the ones Lehigh puts out. Yeah. Or Lehigh, Lehigh Football Nation, shout out to that. If you're, you are a Lehigh alum like we are, our friends that listen to this program, follow them at LFN. Great guy. He and I usually go back and forth on Twitter just – Dumb stuff. It's fun to fun to chat with him, especially when Lehigh was a bad beat last year. That was a man. What a moment that was. Uh, but let's go over to the NFL, Matt. I did not did not bring it in here, but it was a tough week for you and me. After a week of Matt setting the record for most NFL correct picks, uh, you went one and five overall. You lost your college picks. You went one and four in the NFL. I went two and four. Oh, I lost my week. college pick, and I went two and three in this. But my actual lines, I took all the same ones except for the Steelers because they played Thursday night. Uh, I forgot who I picked instead of them, but that pick ended up working out. I went 4-1 and one because the San Francisco line got moved to minus 9.5. San Francisco with the bad beat of the century to cover that, the last. But Matt, your fiance Melanie, beat both of us. She went 3-3 three and three on the week. The Eagles let wow. her down. And if she had gotten in at the line that I got right before the game, the 49ers would have covered for her. We uh, she'll probably argue that we gave her Ohio State. She might not have picked that, but who knows? Maybe she isn't paying attention. So let's jump into it. Week yeah, twelve in the NFL. Week twelve. Uh, week twelve. It's gonna be an interesting We're week. Cooking with fire. Yeah. Yes, it is. It's a big week for a lot of teams. A lot of teams lot trying to hang teams. around. Yes. So I had the last college pick, so I guess I lead off, right? You do. Where are you heading? Uh, hmm. I'm going to start off with a game that I think this line's probably going to move. If I really, uh, if I'm really thinking so, I'm I'm going with the Steelers in Cincinnati. The Bengals played it close. I took them plus ten to the Raiders last week. I think they're still in the in the running. For a potential upset, I know that the Steelers are dealing with a couple suspensions, which we uh, that happened since our last recording. We can talk about that if you'd like. But I, this Bengals team, I think if they had an opportunity to pull off an upset, it would not be happening against a divisional rival. It's only less than a touchdown. They have a couple other opportunities against their cross state rival. They have the Jets in a week at home. I think the Steelers want to show. Last week, we're going to bounce back from this kind of crappy loss where our offense really couldn't get it going in Cleveland. 
We stayed in Ohio. We're going to dominate this game. Mason Rudolph shows I might have gotten a helmet thrown at my head, but I'm still throwing bombs. Give me the Steelers. All right. I mean, look, Bengals suck. So Yeah, they're, they're pretty uh, although bad. Although I, I, I'm not sure they're the worst team in football, but they do suck. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go to the Thursday night game. Okay. All right. Uh, because and this, a couple of things. It's an interesting line. It's only a four-point line right now for Houston at home. I know the Colts are a divisional rival. They're one of the sturdiest teams in football. But I think Deshaun Watson and crew are not happy with their performance against the Ravens. And no Marlon Mack for the Colts. There's a couple other injuries there. T.Y. Hilton's been dinged up. There's his status. I actually think Houston smacks the Colts in this game to take a real stranglehold of the division. Um, so I like them here just to kind of kind of win in a big game because they're only a game up on the Colts. They're only a, I'm sorry, they're tied with the Colts. They're only a game up on the Titans and two games up on the Jags. Yep. It's a big game for the Texans to prove that they're in the running, that Deshaun Watson's still an MVP candidate. So I have them cleaning up in that game pretty easily. I know it's a Thursday night game, but I just, I think Deshaun's upset. Um, that's the best way, best way I would probably put it in that one. No, and I like um, that because Houston's at home and the home team we've seen all year has done very well on Thursday night football. They've, Right. They don't have to travel. They don't have any of this crazy shit on the short week. And I think the pissed-off factor makes the difference. And I think the fact mm-hmm. that they've been able to mull on that embarrassing offensive performance against a good Baltimore defense is enough to, to take this team. I like that pick a lot, Matt. Yeah. Uh, I'm also going to head now over to for my second pick. I'm sorry, if you will. Uh, a little upset special for you here. Oakland is flying across the country to play a Jets team that just had some success against the probably worst team in the NFL, Washington Redskins. Jets are at home. Oakland's a three-point favorite. And I just have a feeling that Oakland is due at 6-4 and four for a letdown. For a they dud. almost blew it last week, and I think they have a dud this week against the Jets and a rejuvenated Sam Darnold. Yes, I, I like. I actually like the Jets to upset a Raiders team that's playing really good football, but it just seems like they're due for a, a rough outing, and I think this is the one that gets them. I like it. I like that pick a lot, actually. I uh, I almost considered taking the Raiders, but I agree. Them cro- crossing the country early game. I don't know I, that something does not sniff does not smell right there. Sniffing a maybe not an upset, maybe a close game, maybe a last second field goal. I don't know. We'll see what happens. I'm going to go next. I got two. I'm going to go with the Patriots. I think that they are a little upset that they did not put out a better offensive performance in Philadelphia. I think that they thought that they could take advantage of the Eagles. Their offensive line got tossed around. And I think they're in for a big revenge week. I think they want to get their offense going. This might be biased. The Cowboys... Had an awesome offensive performance against the Lions, although the Lions, they kept the Lions in. They're, and I think that makes the difference. I think Tom Brady sees that blueprint that a far less superior quarterback in Jeff Driscoll was able to do against this Cowboys defense. I think the Patriots defense steps up, takes care of Ezekiel Elliott, brings Dak Prescott back down to earth. It's a six and a half point line, which is a little, little steep, but... You know what? I think the Patriots can get it done. I think they could probably win by 10 if it really goes this well. So maybe it's biased. Maybe it's that I just need a Cowboys loss, but, you know, manifest it. 
Uh, it would be helpful, and I and I agree with a lot of the points you made. I also want to bring up uh, Patriots are getting Isaiah Wynn back, the left tackle who was out on IR. He's returning this week, which is a huge positive for this squad. Another week of integrating those receivers, Mohamed Sanu, the rookie, uh, Nikhil Harry. So you like that. And I also don't think the Cowboys have played quite played a defense that's this good. It's a huge game for Dak because you know the Patriots are going to take away Elliott and make Dak beat them. Mm-hmm. And it's the best cornerback group that they're going to probably see all year. You know, Gilmore will take out Cooper. So we'll see how do these receivers do against good corner play and a really good defense. Can they consistently be as wide open as they appear to be a lot? Yes. You know, it's easy to make throws when that would Amari Cooper's beat his man by five yards. So um, get get where you're coming from with that one. Yeah, and I, I also think, too, we haven't seen as much tight end play out of this team than the Cowboys. And I just think what the Patriots were able to do with, with trying to shut down Zach Ertz, and I think if they're really putting pressure on Dak like they can and trying to make him use his feet, which he's a ta- he is a talented enough runner. I don't know. It just it you're going to try to make that inside game be the way that Dak beats them. I feel like because of the corner play, and I just don't think the Cowboys are set up to to try to do that. Even if they start using you know Elliott going over the middle or something like that, which Zeke has that ability. Don't get me wrong, it works very well for him. But I don't know. I just think that front seven of the Patriots is one of the most talented groups in football of any set of positions. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and I mean, this, it's a statement game. I mean, yes. that's the best way. Yeah. That, that's the best way to put it. So my next pick, I'm going to go Monday night. Ravens are a three point road dog favorite at the Rams. Uh, this is also a show me game for LA because frankly, they just, aside from that bears game, which, you make as many comments about the Bears that you want to and what Matt Nagy's doing, what any of that shit was going down has been for them. I still don't really believe in this Rams team. I really like this Ravens team, what they've been able to do previously crossing the country when they beat the Seahawks. So I'm going to take the Ravens minus three. I think that Lamar is now in the driver's seat for MVP. He leads the team in rushing. I think Mark Ingram barrels over this defense that is a shell of its former self and I think they get this thing done I think it I think if it was in Baltimore it'd be close to that six and a half point line that the Patriots have because I think that that is a similar skill difference of these two teams yeah that's good that's a good point um I, I agree with your assessment by the way of the Rams as well I gotta be up front yeah so I mean their defense is, is fine. It gets the job done, but it's a shell of what it was two years ago. Right, exactly. They've lost a lot of talent. Their, their lack of depth, which is what happens when you sign a bunch of guys to the big contracts, make the trades you have, lose the draft picks. Yeah, that's what you're seeing right here. Um, and they're, they're as close to out of it as you can get mm-hmm. uh, because of how good the rest of that division is, 49ers and Seahawks. Um, they're both at big games this week. You know, so if, if those two teams lose and the Rams find a victory, but uh, I digress. I'm going to head to a really, to me, kind of an interesting matchup that probably most people won't tune in for, and that's the Broncos and Bills. Ooh. Um, Bills are 7-3. and three. No one's talking about them, quite frankly, because they haven't shown the ability to beat good teams. They've beat up on the opponents they're supposed to beat, and they've, they've lost who they're supposed to lose to. Um, it's not a... Sexy game, but I have enjoyed watching uh, Brandon Allen of the Broncos and kind of an underrated skill position group out there for them. Uh, Buffalo's a four-point line, and as as 
as okay as I felt the Broncos have played, I still think Buffalo takes this one. They cover that four-point line and uh, and go from there. So I'm liking Buffalo to be eight and three, two games back from the Patriots in that division, and looking more and more like a wild card lock, mm-hmm. which is going to leave a deserving team, you know, out if you will. Um, although the AFC appears to be a little down compared to the NFC, um, but it's a great. Um, been a great season for the Bills, and like I said, pleasantly surprised with with what I've seen from them. Yeah, you know they've they've like I said they've lost who they're supposed to lose to, and they've beaten who they're supposed to beat. This is why it's an important win, though. After this, they go they go to Dallas, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, New England before finishing up with the Jets. Legitimate chance they could lose four straight. Yeah. So this is a, this is a, almost a must win for the Bills to make sure no one else can catch them for that wild card spot. Yeah, and I think one thing that that gets really interesting with this and kind of a similar assessment to the Rams defense, the Broncos defense really not what it used to be. Not as dominant as right. I thought it could have been coming into the season and they've really shown their age. Um mm-hmm. I do think there is something to be said though that Josh Allen's gotten a lot done with his feet throughout this season and I think that they if the Broncos are smart, they stack that front seven, which could just make Josh Allen have to throw and really utilize his receivers. So you might see a big week out of Cole Beasley, out of John Brown. Their running game is going to be very interesting. I think that's the X factor is how does Denver mm-hmm. deal with that Buffalo running game? So that's that's what I think because their, their defense, I feel like, can deal with Phillip Lindsay. It can deal with Allen, the other Allen in, in Denver. Uh, <laughs> just realized that. That's funny. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I like that Buffalo minus four. Yeah, I'll take my second pick here. Um, I'm going to pick a team to cover a line. You have the Panthers visiting the Saints. Saints are nine and a half point favorites. You understand why. They, they're one of the best teams in the NFC, regardless of that Atlanta Falcons loss. Mm-hmm. But the Panthers are a little upset by their performance against the Red Hot Falcons this past week. And I feel like they're going to find a way to just keep this game close. Divisional opponent, you know, they're going to feed McCaffrey. I, for some reason, like the Panthers not winning but covering that nine-and-a-half-point line, losing by a touchdown or a field goal or something. They may even have a late score to backdoor the cover. Yeah. Um, but I, I feel like the Panthers keep this game a little closer. They have a great de- – they, they have a good defense. And they have an offense with weapons. I think they keep it close. No, I agree with that. Actually, I I almost went with this. The big line. I what you know. I went out of my comfort zone and took two of them last week, so I decided to avoid it. But I agree with everything you just said. Christian McCaffrey, great. I think that their receivers have done a good job with Kyle Allen. I think he's done a very serviceable job to keep this team in it. We thought when Cam went out that that was it and certainly hasn't been. Their defense is very solid and New Orleans' running backs being banged up. I know they've been healthier as the weeks have gone on, but I think that's a big part of it. I think that they they might not slow down Michael Thomas, but they could probably slow down the other aspects of the Saints' offense. And granted, Michael Thomas could win this thing all on his own. He has over almost 1,200 receiving yards. And he He's six catches away from 100 on the year, which I don't have the number in front of me, but he's got to be out by a country mile on how on how many more catches he has than anybody else in the league, or at least wide receiver-wise. I like that to be close. Divisional game, this is, the, this is that classic Saints mega home line. 
that you think somebody just got embarrassed. New Orleans really wants to get some revenge. I like it. I like that to be close. We've seen it before. Normally it's the Bucks that somehow pull it off, but I think the Panthers could do it here too. Yeah. Back to you for two, right? Yeah, yep. for my right. last two. Yeah, and, I, and I'm struggling to find the other two picks. Sunday Night Football intrigues me, but I think that could really go either way. Uh, I almost yeah. want to go with the Packers for the upset because I think, and I don't know if that's if that is your last pick. So if it is, we can talk about it in a minute, or nope. we'll talk about it afterwards. But I'm gonna go. Oh no, I'm not gonna go with the Giants to upset the Bears. That I almost went with that of how in how in disarray the Bears have been, that the Giants go in there and that they get some some sort of close game. A missed field goal, maybe a triple doink to give New York something to one up us with. Triple doink. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the Falcons. They're red hot right now. They've done very well. All right. Their defense has looked better. Their only home winning is against the Eagles, and this seems like the kind of game that Jameis Winston comes into as an underdog, and this could be exactly what happens, and he lights it up. He has over 3,000 passing yards this year. 19 TDs. Mike Evans, close to 1,000 receiving yards. In almost 40 less catches than Michael Thomas. And he has under 300 less yards. Put that in, into perspective for a moment of how good that is. O.J. Howard finally got involved last week, which I think is huge. And if that continues, I could be dead wrong on this. But I think the Falcons maybe be, might start maybe start clicking on how they're, they're going to try to get this thing working. And this might be a pride game for them to try to separate themselves from the Bucks. So I'm going to take the Falcons to cover the four and a half point spread here. Okay. Okay. I mean, your point, the Falcons have been spicy hot playing yes. for their coach's job. And we knew the talent was there a lot. Of, I thought they were going to win the division. I couldn't have been more wrong with that assessment, but um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I see where you're coming from with it. Yeah. I got to ride the hot hand. Matty Ice from Philly, maybe a little bias there. Went to Penn Charter like my dad. Who knows? My last game, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the Jags and Titans. I think the Jags put up a complete dud last week in Nick Foles' return. I think that they resolved that this week. The Titans, we don't really know what to think about them. They're actually a very good home team. They're three and two. They've beaten some good opponents at home over the last couple years. And I think that's why they're the three and a half point favorite. I think the Jags, despite being four and six, I think they're a solid enough squad that they can figure this thing out. I'm going to take the Jags plus three in this game on the road. I think they might win it outright, but I'm going to take the points. A little Nashville okay. music hey, city miracle. I mean, it's pretty incredible that like the Titans are five and five in a game out. I think most people didn't expect that. And yes. I talked to, I mean, we, I've said it and you've mentioned it. There, there's another sturdy team, kind of like the Colts, maybe a little less talented at some key spots. They're but talented the Jaguars defense, and they figure it out. Four and six. Right. They're also four and six. The Jaguars, your point, they did put up a dud last week. I, yeah, I'm, it's an intriguing matchup too. I think it's a fun one. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a 405 game. So, and it's the, oh, by the way, there is only two games, a 405 and a 425 game this week, which is a little interesting. Just is, the two um, this afternoon. So is it this weird evening. that, that um, wait. so the Eagles in the were afternoon. Sunday Night Football. Yeah. So, sorry, I didn't mean to talk over you there. No, you're fine. The Eagles were originally Sunday Night Football. Their game against the Seahawks is now at one. 
The Packers 49ers game, which is what replaced them on Sunday Night Football, was at 425. Is it weird that they didn't just move the Eagles to 4 o'clock? I, I, I don't know why they didn't. There must be a tra- – maybe there's a travel reason. I, I don't know why it's yeah. a 1 o'clock game. I don't know the reasoning. It, yes, it's very strange. To be honest with you. It is, it's a little, no, I definitely, it, it is, it is a little Especially strange. for how, um, how close to the game that they changed it. If it was like a month ago that they did it, that's one thing. But if this was like a week and a half ago. So now all of a sudden yeah. the Seahawks are, yeah, they're probably PG in it, PJ in it anyway, PG, PJ in it anyway, over to, out to Philly. But like that changes their travel schedule, changes everything. So I don't know. It's, 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 they're probably coming on Saturday, but I don't know. It's, it's, it's weird. Yeah. I'm with there. I am with you there. Um, I will go with my last pick. Yep. And to your point, this has been a tough week to, to take a look at some games. But I'm going to go talk a little bit about, and I'm trying to pick like games that maybe people aren't going to watch just to kind of get some insight. So I do want to bring up the Dolphins-Browns game. That's an interesting game. It's a very yeah, interesting you know, game. And, it's, and first of all, the Browns winning – the Browns – absolutely have an opportunity to win out and be 10 and six, mm-hmm. which is wild. If you think about it, they have a really easy schedule. They're 10 and a half point favorites over the dolphin. Now I've normally been a guy picking for the dolphins to cover. Mm-hmm. And I know the miles Garrett situation just happened, but I actually think it's going to galvanize the rest of this Browns team. I like them to go in and blow out the dolphins and kind of show, Hey, we like, you know, we, we've got this, we're this good. So I'm taking the Browns to beat and cover against the Dolphins and to start to slowly drive themselves back into playoff conversation. Um, they have a great defense, even without Garrett, who is a very redu- you know, very um, disruptive force. And mm-hmm. they also have a really good offense, including the addition of Kareem Hunt, who adds another dimension to an already stout running game. Yep. Um, I like it. I like what we're seeing out of them. I actually like that pick a lot. I, I agree with a lot of what you just said. A couple notes on the Browns just in general. We talked, I think like after a month through the season, I brought this up with the Cowboys when they started losing, of strength of victory versus strength of schedule. And the Cleveland Browns, their strength of schedule, which is just the average of all the teams you've played in your 10 games, theirs is 630, which is by far the highest in the AFC. The next closest is the Steelers, who's is five, 554. Then it's the Chiefs, who's 549. The Browns' strength of victory, which is the average of all the winning percentages of teams you've beaten, the Browns have four, is 575, which granted, it's only four wins, but still that's a pretty respectable number comparatively to, say, the Jaguars' 275 or the Chargers' 500. What gets interest more so that's very good on the Browns. The Browns are good at beating good teams. What gets more interesting is that the Chiefs, who are sitting at seven and four, and we talked about a couple weeks ago. Of, it's weird they're not hanging in here. It's weird they're losing games that they maybe should be winning and blah 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 blah. They have that great strength of schedule. Their strength of victory at seven wins is five oh seven comparatively to the Bills, whose is two fourteen. That is, I like. I had no idea. That's like, see, that tells you why advanced analytics. You know, it also shows where these lines come from, right? Yep. Um, why the, you know, why Vegas gets? They're looking at all this when they're creating these lines, and they're basically saying, you know what, like, 
yeah, this team has this winning win loss record, and obviously that's all that technically matters. But in terms of how they're going to you know fare, that's why some games are so much closer than you realize because they're taking a look at what these teams are able to do. I mean, I, I yeah, I, I'm that's an awesome point. Um, and again, we know the Browns have talent; they just haven't been able to put it all together, except mm-hmm. obviously for a couple games like the win against the Ravens, which was totally unexpected, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, looking back, I mean, it just shows you that the talent is there. They just haven't been able to put it together week in and week out. Exactly. And to go full bias, the Eagles strength the schedule 520, strength the victory 460. The Cowboys strength the schedule yeah. 421, strength the victory, the worst of any team above 500. I'm just double checking the AFC, except for the Bills, the second worst in football of teams above 500 at 258 and they have six wins wow yeah so they also have a harder schedule as as everything goes on so for us as eagles fans it's great the Eagles schedule i think is the second easiest if i remember the the statistic that was thrown out i think you yeah it's second or third it's it's towards the bottom of the nfl I think they're. Th- I thought they were third. Maybe you're right. Maybe it's second. But yes, yeah, I know one, one or the other. It's it's a it's a top five easiest schedules in the NFL out of 32 teams. So that's our picks, Matt. We did miss a couple games that we did did not want that we stayed away from with a 10 foot pole. Do you want to talk about any of them? Obviously, we're talking about well, the I mean, and Seahawks, a, but do you want yeah, to talk I mean, about the Bears and, and and Giants? Well. Uh, I mean, what are the Bears? Are they healthy? Is Trubisky healthy? Can the Giants make any noise? I still think the Bears' defense is good enough to shut down the Giants' offense. That's part of why I avoided this. Yeah, even with Saquon and Daniel Jones looking better. Um, And at the same time, I think that the Giants' defense is just not up to the task, even against a bad Bears' offense at the moment. There is still talent there when you think of Allen Robinson, Cohen, David Montgomery. Um, I still think the Bears win it. Mm -hmm. So... But again, Daniel Jones has shown the ability with the uh, supreme talent that is Saquon to maybe pull an upset. But no, I like the Bears now. Yeah, I do too. Um, but I think the game of the week, and I hate to say it because I love our Eagles, is the 49ers-Packers game. Yes. 49ers need to do something running the football. They have struggled the last few weeks. The Packers' is a defense has been run on. I'm excited to see that. I'm excited to see this great 49ers pass rush against the wizard that is Aaron Rodgers. It is a juicy matchup. It is a potential playoff, potential NFC championship game um, preview, if yes. you will. So it is a great matchup. Um, on And I hate that. I both hate and love it. They flexed it. Uh, it is what it is. Um, but it's awesome. I mean, it's just going to be a great game. Yeah, I agree with you. And, I, and to your point of running – Ever since Tevin Coleman had his blow-up game where he had the three touchdowns, and that's almost a month ago now, they've struggled to really get a running game fully established. Matt Breed has been banged up. George Kittle's been out. And I don't know. They they obviously they won that last week. They did not, they had the defense really step up after the, after the Cardinals really came out and punched them in the face a couple times. The 49ers really showed their teeth there. So I think that that in and of itself is a statement. But if they're able to do this again against the Packers on Sunday Night Football, you know, it's a home game, but still, Aaron Rodgers, he's done this a billion times at this point. He won a Super Bowl, what'll be nine years ago. 
which is crazy to think about, man. That was our sophomore year of college. Uh, But if their defense, A, is able to slow down Aaron Jones and really, really make Aaron Rodgers dominate over you, because I think there's... There's a realm of possibility. Granted, their wide receiving core is also banged up. There's one realm of possibility where Jimmy G gets it going and can make this thing a fun game. I like the Packers in this game, actually, because I, I just really like what Aaron Rodgers has been putting together. Because of how well Lamar Jackson's done, how well Deshaun Watson's done, all the different news surrounding Patrick Mahomes, where he's been great, where he's been hurt, and all this stuff. I feel like not a lot of people are talking about what Aaron Rodgers has done. And he has led this team to a 9-1 record. Or to a 8-2, to and two, excuse me. I was looking right at the 49ers. Undefeated through the first round through against his divisional opponents. Only one loss in the conference. That was to our Eagles. Not to brag. But I think what Aaron Rodgers... And in that, in that game, Aaron Rodgers looked great too. He has put together a great season and has shown that he has... The dominant skill that he's always had, but has become so much more of a master game manager. And I think that's something that is criminally underrated about him, at least through this season. I think it's one of those things where, and to steal from Greg, where he talks about different players who are always there, so you expect it. That's basically what it is for Aaron Rodgers, and maybe that's why we're just not talking about him. Right, right. I think that's a, the, the the game manager aspect is something that it's not a bad thing. Like Tom Brady has been has been a game manager at times for his whole career. Um, you know, a lot of times it's that consistency, it's that ability to mask what you're doing. It's also look a great quarterback is a great point guard and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Um, directing traffic, getting the ball where it needs to go, being in the right play. I remember Peyton Manning. You know, eat, you know would would check to a run play on third and five. Why? Because it was the right play to run. You know, it was, you know, he saw the opening over this guard or that center or, you know, or, hey, we're going to go to this screen pass because they're bringing a blitz. You know, being a game manager is something that some quarterbacks get labeled as as a negative. I don't think Aaron Rodgers being this master, they're not even, they're like chess masters now, right, where they move guys with their eyes. It's just when you watch a great quarterback play, it is one of the coolest things because the defense has no idea. They're purely playing reactive football. It's it's why I love the NFL. Yeah, it's it's so great. And I think this is going to be... We talked about 49ers Seahawks from two Monday nights ago being the, the game of the season. I think this is, certainly has the ability to rival it. I think, what the, I think in that game is a good blueprint of how well the 49ers played against a solid Seahawks team and was able to match tit for tat. And especially when the Seahawks picked up the tempo in that game, the 49ers, you didn't count them out entirely. Jimmy G figured out how to get that thing done. So I don't think this is something... I think the Packers can win this, but I don't think it's something where... There's a reason why the 49ers are, are a three-point favorite in Vegas. And you have to remember that. Right. Right. No, I do. And, and their defense is just that good, too. Yeah. So, something else to note. I mean, the 49ers are just, they're just stacked defensive. Yeah, <laughs> they are. Should we finish up with the Eagles? Yes. Um, last week, I truly believe our franchise quarterback let us down. That's my opinion. It's a great defense for the Patriots. Um, and we 
we and and our, and my guy missed Carson missed throws. He had a wide open Zach Ertz on third and ten before the fourth down quote unquote drop in the end zone, which by the way was was going to be a hell of a catch if it was even. Yeah, that would have been a great catch. Um, yeah, I mean, look, I just think the blame needs to lay on your superstar in this case. Um, we, the, yes, there were injuries. Um, yes, the game plan wasn't always perfect. Um, but the defense showed up, and then the offense didn't. I mean, that's that's just it, and it starts with the quarterback in this case. You, you're paying him a lot of money to win games where you're man. We've seen plenty of other guys do it. Tom Brady's not throwing anybody better, right? I mean, oh, they got Julian Emily. Yeah, we have Zach Ertz. So it, it's an equal playing field in that regard. Um but that being said, I didn't think they were going to win against both the Patriots and the Seahawks. I think they have to find a way to go one and one. So it puts a lot of onus on this week against a rested Seahawks team. But a Seahawks team that's been playing really well, yes. But sometimes you're due for a loss, and the and, and the Eagles are desperate at home. Um, I think that's the difference maker. Is that the Seahawks have gone five and zero so far on the road? Eagles' home field advantage has not been what it has been, at least how the team has played under it. I'm not. I'm not trying to give any sort of knock to any of our fellow Philadelphians because they've come yeah, out no, in druthers, in droves rather. <laughs> I'm fucking up with all the words today. But they've come out and the Eagles have, haven't stepped up. And I think this is something, A, the defense showing up against Tom Brady and doing as well as they did to make him throw as quick as he had to, dummy around the offensive line. I think that is as good of a sign as any that they can try to get this done against against Russell Wilson, and they can actually make a good concerted effort to to it, to slowing down their running game. Again, their wide receivers concern me a little bit. They don't have Will Disley, and yeah. their their tight ends have not been great in his absence. So that is something where the Eagles can try to maybe maybe extend a little bit of coverage, get get Jim Schwartz's mind tweaking around a little bit of how he can figure all of that out. Um, but I agree. I think the offense needs to have a big step up week and figure out how to, how to get a rhythm going. Cause there was a lot of times that the, the play calling, I don't know. It was, it was almost the reverse of when we were complaining about the Cowboys game and all the weird screens and shit, short yardage plays. There didn't seem to be as many of those in this game. And I don't know if it was, they thought they had to go over the top and beat the Patriots that way. And how all of that went down. So I think that's a key to this game. It's figuring out a good rhythm. Mixing it all up. The classic Andy Reid threw a billion passes and not a lot of runs. Came back into play. I don't know if it was... I, I don't know. I don't know if it was that he was trying to showcase Carson against Tom. And maybe this week. He's already lost to the Seahawks one before Doug has. So maybe now he knows this is a game. We need to go back to the meat and potatoes. What we've done. Hopefully we can get a little healthier. Get Alshon in there, get Jordan Howard in there, involve different players, and I don't know. I I, I think they're, this is going to show a lot of what this team does, a lot of its grit, because I think there's a possibility, especially with the Cowboys playing the Patriots, you're now a full game back. If the Cowboys then fall to 6-5, and five, and if the Eagles lose, they fall to 5-6, and six, obviously, but there's a, a realm of possibility of, of then still coming back through. You still have to play the Dolphins, you play the Giants twice. You play the Redskins, one, or no, you're done playing, or no, you do play the Redskins one more time. And then the Cowboys game, of course. Um, but it's going to be very interesting to see how all of this shakes up. And I think this week makes yeah. that run a lot easier, being tied with the Cowboys. And presumably, if the Rams lose, in that driver's seat, 
to potentially have yourself knocking on the door at some sort of playoff spot of, of both of division leader and potentially a wild card because now you're only two games back of the Seahawks. Right, right. I mean, again, it, it's it, it's not a must win. We're not there yet. I hate to say it. It feels a lot like the Packers game, though. Something you're coming in cautiously optimistic. That was a good Carson game. Right. The only difference I mean, is we don't have Jordan Howard for, like this, that, for this type of win. And that's yeah, how they I mean, beat a good I mean, defense, was that they got a power back involved. And I think that's one thing. Right. If you get if there's a lot of Jay Ajayi just going right up the gut, maybe that's the difference maker. Because Miles Sanders certainly isn't the guy to do that. You saw that against the no, Patriots last but, week. But you do need to use Miles in that passing game. Get I agree. him on those wheel routes. Fine. Yes. You gotta search. This is where you need Carson to to be smart and search for matchups that allow you to do that. Hey, you know what, Carson, go out here. We're going to have, um, a, you know, s- send Sanders out wide. Who's on him? That That's the smart little things that he's got to be better on. But his, and he's, uh, but his accuracy needs to be better. It's going to be a tall task. The Hawks are a really good football team, but so are the Eagles, right? You're going you're gonna to have to be able to beat really good football teams or else you're going to be the Bills. Yes, the Bills might make the playoffs, but no one's scared of playing the Bills. Teams are still scared of playing the Eagles. Like, I don't think that has, that has worn off. In fact, it appears like teams get up for the Eagles, mm-hmm. aka the Vikings, um, you know, the the Falcons, the, the Lions. I mean, teams want to beat us because we are a good team, even when our record is only five hundred. Um, but I'm I'm not going to try to. Get, I got very worked up over the Patriots loss. I'm going to try to be more um, level headed this coming Sunday. I doubt I will be, but I'm going to give it a shot. Sounds good to me. Sorry, I, uh, I just got sent a meme. That's why. I... Giggled at at a, it was a Star Wars meme. <laughs> I've been getting a lot of those recently. Um, no, but I agree. I think this is. I think it's closer to a must win than it is not a must win. But there is there is the realm of possibility that that the Eagles can still figure a lot of this out. I believe they were five and six last year, and they still figured it out of making the playoffs. They might have even been six and seven and went nine and seven. So nothing nothing is impossible in the NFL. <laughs> Anything else though before we wrap this thing God, up, Maddie? That's all I got. I'm excited for this weekend. Great football. Good. I'll you know see you in a couple days. Oh yeah, we're gonna be up at Lehigh. Make sure you follow us on Instagram. We're gonna be out trying to relive our college days. So that's gonna be pretty funny to to keep along, keep an eye out on Thunderblog Sports on Instagram, ThunderBLG on Twitter. Hopefully, Matt, by the time everybody's listening to this, Morgan Frost scored a hat trick down in Florida against a uh, Panthers team that's. No, doing well. They're decent at home, you know, but, uh, you know, a little revenge against Sergey Bobrovsky. There you go. There yeah, you hopefully. go. Anyway, Matty D, thank you as always. It was a ton of fun, buddy. I cannot wait to see you on Friday. And for my man, Matty D, I am the G-Man. Have a great weekend, everybody. And fuck Lafayette.